I like to get your perspective. Where, first of all, where Poland is headed with its policies emanating from Warsaw that I am coming to realize after my trip over there, the population, Polish people, are not in sync with what the government of President Duda is doing. Yeah, well, I, the the, find, the thing that I find most interesting at this point is I don't think the Polish government even knows where it's going. Now, it, it knows where it's getting its instructions from, where the sort of uh, where the trajectory is being laid out. Uh, but at the end of the day, unfortunately, I think what we have uh, in Poland is uh, campaign to campaign style politics. In essence, from one election to the next election. I'm just going to give you an example of how this works in Poland. As your viewers, and you probably know, the Polish government has been fervently supporting the Kiev regime uh, since the start of hostilities in Ukraine on 24th February 2022. Now, from that day, uh, the realist camp in Poland or the anti-war or the anti-interventionist camp in Poland, whatever you want to call it, has been basically lashing out at the government very critically. I would count myself among those people uh, that the position that we took vis-a-vis -vis the war is not a rational position. It's not in the interest of Poland, and it's detrimental to any prospects we might have of uh, rapprochement with Russia, which at the end of the day has to happen because neither Vladimir Putin nor the Russian Federation is going anywhere. Uh, newsflash to everybody around the world. So from that perspective, we were basically criticizing the government, warning them uh, about the money that was being sent there, about the amount of refugees or so-called refugees that were being led into Poland, about the amount of money that we were spending on Kiev, the military equipment that we sent, degrading our own uh, defense capabilities at the same time. And of course, the official response from the government uh, sources, from the government institutions, from their paid trolls on Twitter was you're a Russian stooge or a Putin stooge or you're parroting the Kremlin line, which is one of those favorites when they really have nothing to say. They say, but your argument is in line with the Kremlin narrative. Okay. So if I say that, you know, the earth is round and Vladimir Putin agrees with me that the earth is round, does that mean I'm parroting the Kremlin line because we're saying an obvious truth? It was that kind of stupid arguments that were being used. So fast forward to today. And all of a sudden, you're seeing a change of tune on the part of the law and justice government. Uh, there was an article in Virtualna Polska, which is, uh, I would say, the equivalent of Yahoo News in Poland from a few mm. weeks back. And it was insider information from the law and justice party, whereby certain advisors to Jarosław Kaczyński, who is the head of law and justice, he's currently a deputy prime minister, but at the end of the day, he's sort of like the Don Corleone of Polish politics. He's the one who's pulling the strings, uh, and everybody knows he's the sort of, uh, I don't know, capo di tutti capi, so to say, of Polish mm -hmm. politics. So these advisors, they came to Jarosław Kaczyński, and they apparently told them that according to their polling and what they're seeing on the uh, pre-campaign front, a lot of people are experiencing Ukraine fatigue in Poland, and they believe that this subservient line of the Polish government towards Kiev is detrimental and it's not going to help their electoral prospects. So literally a few days after that meeting took place, the narrative changed on the part of the Polish government. And it actually coincided with an interesting episode because the deputy foreign minister in Poland, one Marcin Przydacz, he posted a tweet, or I think it was a statement, I don't know which, where he basically you know, told the Ukrainians, for all the help that we've been giving you, we expect a little bit more gratitude. So fairly innocent words. And all hell broke loose in Kiev. As a matter of fact, the first thing that the Ukrainians did, their foreign ministry, 
They called in the Polish ambassador to explain himself, which basically prompted a response on the Polish side because then the Polish foreign ministry called the Ukrainian ambassador in and they went at it. Um, and all of a sudden, in all the official government uh, accounts on Twitter, including the prime minister's office, minister of foreign affairs, all the major MPs of the ruling party, there was this beautiful hashtag. Uh, I think it was something along the line, Poland is the most important or Poland first. Um, and everybody all of a sudden became very uh, skeptical towards the Ukrainians, which was very, uh, it was unbelievable to see coming from a government that has its uh, head up Ukraine's, you know what, so to say. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are asking their questions. Why? Well, obviously, Yaroslav Kaczynski got the memo and it finally dawned on him that what his government has been doing from February 24th, 2022, in this crazed pro-Ukrainian, uh, basically, frenzy, uh, is getting a lot of people ticked off. If you look at the stats, for example, uh, in terms of Polish support for helping out Ukrainian refugees, at the beginning of the war, it was just over 80%. I think it was about 83% of Poles said, yes, we need to accept the refugees, we need to help them out, uh, and here in Poland, not on the other side of the border in Ukraine. Right now, that number has, has fallen below 50%. And from week to week, the uh, the attitudes are changing. As a matter of fact, one of Poland's mainstream newspapers, I would sort of say it's the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, the New York Times or maybe Washington Post or Washington Times because it's more center-right. It's called Zespospolita. They had a huge headline. I don't know if they changed it from three, week, three or four weeks ago, mm -hmm. where basically they said that the majority of crimes in Poland are being committed by Ukrainians. So if a mainstream, fairly center-right newspaper is able to write that, that means that, you know, the attitudes are obviously changing because for a while there were hints coming from the Polish state police whereby they claimed that in reference to certain crimes, they're not going to be providing the uh, national identity of the perpetrators. Hmm, why would that be? Because <laughs> it would open a lot of eyes, obviously. It's like the same thing in, you know, the United States where something blows up and it takes them like three days to find out what the guy's name was. And then it turns out it was, you know, Mohammed, whatever. And yeah. all of a sudden, mm, you know, where have we seen this before? Yeah. Um, so things are changing and the government has a lot to answer for, but it seems to have dawned on them first, in my opinion, that there is a realization that the Ukrainians are not going to win this war. That's number one. And number two, that you can only shove so much BS into the face of Polish public opinion be before it reacts. Now, in my humble opinion, I think it took the average poll far too long to wake up from the craziness that's been taking place. I mean, you saw it yourself here wow. uh, for over a year now, um, but better late than never, right? So I'm hoping that this will translate into tangible uh, pro-Polish results in the upcoming elections. Unfortunately, the opposition that we have in Poland is, I would argue, even more crazier when it comes to Ukraine than the official party line of the government, if you can believe that. Um, they actually, the, uh, the official opposition, the mainline opposition, the liberal opposition, claims that uh, the government is doing too much, and that is proof that they are, in fact, in cahoots with Putin. It's like, you know, it's like saying Debbie Wasserman, Wasserman Schultz is in cahoots with Putin. I mean, it's just crazy right. out there stuff. Uh, but when you don't have arguments, you know, you don't have things that you can actually run on. You make up stuff. So you start making up things that the government is pro-Russian. I don't know where the hell they're getting that from. But anyways, um, so the feeling right now is the attitudes are changing. The government is noticing it. 
And the elections, as I talked to your producer just before we started talking, has been the parliamentary elections have been called for October 15th. Mm. That's a Sunday. So uh, there's going to be a fairly short election campaign, just uh, under two months, and we'll see where it goes. But uh, this is going to be, I think, the most crucial area uh, on which voters will be voting on. So the war in Ukraine, Poland's position, and the costs that we have incurred in terms of uh, uh, money, in terms of the blood spilt, because the amount of Poles that have died in Ukraine as mercenaries or as sheep dip soldiers, these are numbers that we don't have any accurate accounting for. So we'll only find out, I'm guessing, you know, after some time. But the fact that Poles have been killed in a fairly large number fighting on the side of Ukraine is a certainty. Uh, we just don't have the exact numbers. So that's where we're at today in a nutshell, so to say, in, in Poland. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, now, correct me, uh, uh, Mike, if, if, uh, if I say this, if, if it's wrong. Will it be fair for me to say that the policies that the Polish government is embarking on are somehow pushed by the United States, none other than U.S. ambassador in Warsaw. That's Mark Brzezinski. He's the son of the former Brzezinski. And if we all know, and you're a historian, you know this more than anyone else, we all know what was the policy of the uh, uh, Brzezinski senior at that time vis-a-vis -vis the Soviet Union. Are we seeing a replica of that with the current U.S. ambassador, Mark Brzezinski? Well, I have no doubt that uh, Mark Brzezinski is a sort of symbol of American admin administering of Polish foreign policy. I don't think there's actually any better candidate that uh, Washington could have chosen for this uh, position because not only... Does Brzezinski come from the family of Zbigniew Brzezinski? Uh, he knows Poland fairly well. He speaks Polish, I think, mm -hmm. uh, also. He has very good political connections here, not only with the ruling party, but with the opposition, as every U.S. ambassador does in Poland, which is kind of a paradox. <laughs> wow. um, but it is what it is. But I think the reason that Brzezinski is here is to basically make sure that Poland, in a very broad sense, uh, does not fall out of line and does not become a second Hungary in NATO and the European Union. I think that's his main uh, mission, so to say, uh, in Poland, to make sure that Poland remains the United States anti-Russian Rottweiler in Eastern Europe, that it remains a logistics hub for anything that the United States wants to do in terms of Ukraine, uh, overtly or covertly, uh, intelligence-wise or military-wise, politically-wise. Um, so I think he's basically, uh, he's a consul. He's sort of like a proconsul of uh, the Polish colony, in essence, mm -hmm. sent from the imperial capital. Um, and I think he knows his way around. I don't think, you know, I, I have to give it to them in terms of actually uh, maintaining Poland's unchanging hostility towards uh, Russia. Uh, there's no better man uh, in the State Department than uh, right now than Brzezinski, who would represent uh, a hardline position in making sure that the government in Poland doesn't deviate one bit uh, from the Russophobic uh, foreign policy of the United States. Wow. Is this why we are now seeing the uh, sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The increase or the uptick into the militarization of the Polish, Polish military. I, uh, I read uh, an article from uh, Germany that the German government is very concerned about the strength of the Polish military that is, you know, it's uh, being elevated 
with the support of the US. Yeah. Where, where, what is the objective of that? In well, your opinion? Our defense minister, Marius Bostak, who, by the way, uh, from what I know, has no uh, educational background, even in terms of security studies, military studies. I think he was a journalist at one point. Mm. So his CV is uh, fairly poor in terms of military relations, but he's a good party apparatchik. So that's why he was chosen for the position. Now, the claim that Marius Bostak is, uh, is propounding right now is that within a few years, Poland will become Europe's uh, largest army. Um, which, you know, to the average poll sounds pretty cool. Wow, we're going to have a huge army. We're going to be defended. Obviously, I'm all for having a strong uh, armed forces. The, the, the problem is, is that these statements are made based on two facts, that we're going to be spending a hell of a lot of money on the military, one, and that we're going to be buying a lot of equipment. And as you know from uh, your military experience and looking at history, just because you're throwing tens of billions of dollars at your military, like the United States, and just because you have some pretty cool equipment, like the United States, does not mean that you have excellent armed forces. There are many things that contribute to having an excellent fighting force, and I think the most important one is the human capital. Uh, it all starts in here. Uh, who cares if you have a woke military riding around uh, with you know rainbow flags on M1A1 Abrams if you can't win a war, for example, if you're routed from Afghanistan, if you're losing in Ukraine? because we're obviously know this is a proxy war. So I think it was Larry Johnson who made a statement a few uh, months back on his blog where he said, the United States doesn't have the best military in the world. It has the most expensive military in the world. And I would say that's the tendency that we're uh, heading towards in Poland. We're going to throw out a lot of money. We're going to buy equipment from three different countries. I mean, we're buying the F-35 just to show you how... Uh, rational quote unquote our defense uh decisions are in poland and by the way that decision uh to buy the f-35 uh was actually made fairly quickly there was no debate no discussion uh it was basically a very rash decision because i know some mps in poland in the polish parliament who were asking uncomfortable questions about were we looking at other fighters for example for our air force why why was it the very expensive f-35 which is having a ton of problems anyone can google it uh to be the foundation of our armed forces and obviously that doesn't make the russians too happy because the f-35 is nuclear capable um so they're obviously observing that too so in my opinion i don't think the germans whatever our uh you know historical hostilities and enmities might have been with Berlin, they really don't have nothing to worry about because, as I said, just because we're buying, you know, Korean tanks and mm -hmm. F-35s and we're going to be spending instead of, you know, 2%, we're going to be spending 3% of our GDP on our military does not translate into an effective combat uh, force that can uh, fight on the modern battlefield. And first and foremost, that knows how to do uh, combined arms warfare, which is the foundation of what we're seeing today in Ukraine and what uh, General Kavoli, the head of a uh, European command, uh, said that what's happening in Ukraine is beyond the scope and scale of our imagination in NATO. So what does that tell you? NATO has not been preparing for the land war that we're seeing in Ukraine. Guess what? Russia has. So, And it's not going to take uh, two or three months to prepare for such a war. It takes years to prepare for such a war. So Obviously, as I said, I'm all for a strong national defense. I'm a national security hawk, but uh, a rational national security hawk. And just because you're showing nice tanks on Twitter and photographing yourself beside them and showing, you know, all the money that were being spent, that does not translate into anything that could resemble uh, a competent and effective uh, fighting force.
Well, that will uh, that will lead me to reach the conclusion that the statements by the German government, which is a weak government anyway, uh, was mainly for domestic consumption, no more, no less.